0: The rich feed the poor
1: till they are rich no more
2: I to the world. Well and there you go with the familiar lyrics and uh, your host, your modern day abolitionist, the Pied Piper of Freedom, Roger Sales, on the Radio Ranch back here at our fledgling little network with all kinds of stuff going on in the background on the 12th today's the 12th it's Tuesday Martis. A week ago was fat Tuesday I guess today must be lean Tuesday and uh, I just want to apologize for not being here with you yesterday it wasn't my fault and uh, because of the time change and the disruption and all the other things this is a pretty important point of the year for me uh, this this turning point here. I'll get into it a little bit. Chris is already with us, but he's traveling in the background with a lot of ambient noise, and uh, so uh, he said he's going to mute out, but I know he's listening, so Chris, just let him know you're there, and if if you've got anything on your mind since the last three days we had not been together, you can join us too. The standard ways, of course, are the old familiar number in Atlanta, 404-448-1400. 20. You can find it on the website peoplespatriotnetwork.com. You can call in on Skype. People do that regularly, uh, so uh, we can communicate that way. Let me tell you what happened with the time change yesterday. And I've I've got two computers. I have got a nice desktop with a big monitor, which is a dream of mine for many years. And um, first time I've been in the situation to have one really in many years. Uh, And I've been working off a portable since I left the States. And uh, then I've got this new portable that I've been working off of since this move. And uh, it's highly susceptible to all of these. I've got all the updates and everything turned off. There's about eight of them that are listed back there as pending. But I got them all turned off. But somehow they sneak these darn little updates in on you i don't know what they are how they do it but they do it and when it does it it's sensitive to these settings changing and that's what happened to me again it's not the first time and i couldn't get a hold of paul and um so uh, and it was right at the top of the hour and you couldn't hear anything out of my microphone so um it, it was I couldn't put a replay in and I couldn't do a live show. So it's just kind of one of those dead air things. Sorry to miss you. I know a couple of you contacted me. Uh, And it's nice to be loved. Thanks for reaching out and saying, where are you? Um... But that's what happened, got it rectified fairly easily, and working on some things that are going to cure all this stuff permanently. So, uh, And we uh, may or may not get into that a little bit tomorrow with Paul. Paul and I spoke this morning, and he, uh, as usual, threw me a lifesaver here and got us back on the air. Very simple thing, really, Microsoft. Boy, these people, yikes. the whole world, the world's accelerating. The quickening is quickening, and it's uh, leading up to something. And, of course, yesterday we missed all the financial stuff. And I had a bunch of stuff on my mind. I had a real interesting Sunday. Um, quite unique in my lifetime of experiences. <laughs> and it threw me for a curve a little bit. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. The economy's getting... Deteriorating quicker and quicker in the background, at least it's becoming more and more apparent. Um, and that's, of course, the linchpin to all of this, and we're the linchpin to all of it because one of the things that's really going down is the U.S. Treasury bond and uh, the fact that they've hyperinflated that, hypothecated that deal based on our future labor or your future labor or your kids or grandkids or good knows what all they'd be they'd take this into perpetuity if they could pull it off I mean this is a sorry bunch that we're dealing with okay and we haven't gotten a few feedback pieces from people who've had a chance to sequence the whole ten versions of the Europa documentary I think we're going to talk about the other one tomorrow so I've got some uh, what I think can be real interesting news for many of you coming tomorrow with Paul but on uh, I know Greg got back to me a couple people that have gotten back to me after watching that completely or even bits and pieces of it and the reason it's so darn important is because boy you really know your enemy watching that stuff right there You want to talk about the classic Sun Tzu coup de gras is watching that and understanding who you're fighting and it puts a little different twist on the way you look at things, the way you foresee things, the way you conceptualize things, the way you understand your enemy and what his capabilities are because the absolute pain truth The hard, cold facts are if they could pull off in Bolshevik Russia, in the United States, what they pulled off 100 years ago, 101 years ago, this time 100 years ago, was happening. It was just starting. If they could pull that off in the United States today, they'd do it. Now, that better put you on some sort of a defensive or an offensive posture or both. That's who we're dealing with. And I think as Greg got back to me with, he just said, "Well, about the only thing you can do, we can do, is just wait for the good Lord to come back." Well, they're going to trip on their own petard. They've already extended themselves so far. I mean, look, history. Okay, you want to. You, which one do you want to go with? History repeats itself, or history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Which one of those you want to use? but historically somewhere around a hundred plus times it appears that these people have tried to pull this same type of crap one way or another in different localities and countries around the world and every time they've lost every time they've stumbled every time their hubris and their arrogance and their well let's use their word their hotspot their spa trips them up. It's going to happen again. It's happening right now in front of our eyes. You, you politically, with, with this ridiculous situation, this bastard state over there in that part of the world. Uh-oh, I didn't change my phone. I didn't change my phone. I want to... Nope. Ciao. Uh... well with the time change I didn't change it from 10 to 12 so at 10 o'clock I get some sort of a call Um, there you go it's that switcheroo time of the year I don't know how many of you and and I hate to get off our enemy but get nice interrupted by a phone call what else can happen (laughs) you got to reset computers you got to reset this here's the big difference for you guys and I remember when I was up there and living up there in the states you go through the time change and it's you're a little off for a couple of days. But everything around you. Here, we never change. So instead of like, for example, spring forward, just like the one we went through, spring forward, you gain an hour, we lost an hour because we never change. So it's this opposite stuff. And man, it throws... Most people here don't have any cognizance of it. But dealing in the States and my timetable in the U.S., it has a bearing on me. Now, for the good side, yin and yang of life, right? The yin and yang of life. For the good side, I now get off earlier an hour because we fell back instead of spring forward. And on, especially on days like today, on Tuesday, it has a great bearing on me because of our expat lunch and stuff. I don't have to get off air at one and be there at one thirty with everything you have to do after a show and all that kind of stuff. I got a little about an hour and a half leeway now, and this is going to last for nine months. Now, talking with Paul this morning, they don't change. <laughs> Until three weeks they don't change till the end two, two or three more weeks, so I didn't know that England and the u s were staggered now in their time change deal, and I liked uh, the headline I saw from Trump yesterday he just said let's make it all daylight savings time to be fine with me uh it this the confusion, and I don't know how much it bears confusion on your life and your individual personal circumstances but it has a lot on mine, and um, i like I like this, and we got it for nine months till I think November or something and unless Mr. Trump makes it permanent, we'll see. Um, I know one thing that certainly uh is not permanent is the state of financial affairs that we've got, and uh, that's of primary importance to us here for a lot of different reasons personal and big picture. Um, it's getting worse, and it's deteriorating very rapidly now. I felt that this week, last week, you just kind of get sense the tea leaves, you know. And uh, the, we know pretty well what's going on, on the surface anyway, a lot more than most people. And you get a sixth sense when you know your enemy as well as we know these creeps. You just don't really know exactly how they're doing it because they got all those tricks behind the scenes of things that are very, very, very difficult to understand. Okay, well, let's see here. Oh, well, hold on. There's the thing. Let's see if it works. Shane. Shane. Hello? Yes. Okay. Well. Hey,
3: hang up, for it.
2: No, hey, stay right there because that's the first time that the merge button has come on where I can merge two calls without having to call you back. Oh, all right. Wait. It's the first time I've seen the little logo. I saw, I saw it in, a, in an update last week, but I couldn't find that little thing anywhere, and today it showed up for the first time. That probably had something to do with this update I went through. How, how are you doing today, Shane? I know we couldn't do the show yesterday, and I'm real sorry. Uh but it's all this kind all right. of stuff and you know there's as my old buddy used to tell me, Shane, said some days you get the What's bear that? and some days the bear gets you.
3: Mm. All right. Well we talked about you yesterday. Did you? How about that?
2: Well thank you.
3: Well, not necessarily you as and uh US we we were on the um the chat on thing the plan. On uh, setting ourselves free. Okay. And uh, I also want to suggest that uh, Chris has court on the 20th of March. And I was giving him some suggestions of what to do, how to do it, and what to bring.
2: Okay, well, I'm sure he appreciated that. Yeah, but who knows? You know? Well, he's down. He's, he's traveling right now. He's sitting in the background, but I think he's got his mute on, he said, sometime around the... because a lot of ambient noise and stuff like that, and he said he'd check in with us, so we'll see he and his travels um 10 four. there he is right there see checking in with the 104 good glad to have you back there chris anxious to hear what you got to say and uh, chris's life as always is moving forward judiciously and excitingly so we'll let him fill us in on that Yeah. Um, yeah. i was going to yeah. tell you um a couple of things you know the the uh, before i get in launch into the sunday the sunday uh experience that I had um, this time of the year with these changes you know with the change like in time the auto and auto accidents increase percentage wise and it has uh, some deleterious effects on people evidently and it's like I always felt like and I don't know what phase it's in now particularly but the full moon effect of the effect that it has on people because I've experienced it affecting me over a lifetime and correlated those effects, you know, where you you feel whatever the effect is and it's strange, but let's look at it this way, Shane. You know where the Bay of Fungi is? Do you know what that is?
3: Uh, elaborate I'm not sure the
2: Bay of Fungi is a bay over in Nova Scotia up in eastern Canada and the Bay of Fungi oh, has okay. the uh, a very unique attribute it has the highest tides in the world okay and it's over and you know, on the east coast tides are a very interesting thing I don't know how many of you have been around the ocean enough to are affected by it to learn about it, but there's a line where I'm from right there in the panhandle, Panama City there. There's about 50 miles to the east of us was a little town called Appalachicola. okay? And at the mouth of that river and the bay, everything to the east has two tides a day, and everything to the west has one tide per day, up and down. The eastern side has two tides, separate up-and-down actions every day. Isn't that interesting? And it's all on that line, and it's not any kind of government-denoted line. I don't know what the differences are or why it's like that, but I know it's like that. So the Bay of Fungi is over on the east coast of Canada, which means it gets two of these a day. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. Shane, Mm -hmm. it can move 22 feet or more up and down twice a day.
3: Mm. it's a lot of water
2: (laughs) yes now what's that dictated by Shane Uh, the moon yep so do you think that if the moon in its different phases can affect yes it can affect the earth to the point where it can move bodies of water up and down 20 or more feet per day twice Do you think, being that we're Mm. 85 or so percent water, that it might have some effect on us?
3: Mm, yeah. Biological thought. Uh,
2: So, you know, that's always uh, been my feelings. And these time changes, this subtle thing, have have those kind of repercussions and stuff too. So it's just very interesting. Um, Keep, like like every man, I guess, that's, ever set foot and walked on this earth you want to know how the stuff works to some extent if for no other reason than to help you Mm -hmm. uh, uh, have better input to make better decisions Mm -hmm. okay so well that was cool Shane I want to thank you for calling today man so that I got to see that little icon and to test it and see that it works so we'll continue listen if anybody else wants to call call in so we can figure out if uh all right there it is again we're going to try joe in ohio here okay joe let's see if we can bring you in and it works look joe's popped up there let's see if we can actually hear his voice joe you hey, there joe.
3: hey hi yes i'm in a basement
2: let me bang on say something joe tell us how, what's been going on with you for a second
4: Okay, uh, I'm just working a little bit today with some electrical stuff. Not coming in? No,
2: you're coming in fine. I had to get some dogs shut up in the backyard. Um, Oh. So, uh, but no, this is good. This solves a lot of problems, and this has brightened my day considerably to see that little logo thing and to hit it and see that it works. It solves a lot of our problems. Fantastic. Joe, how you doing, man?
4: Oh, great. Um, As to the moon, now you will note that the next time that we see coming up when the moon shows during the daytime hours, it will be before the sun. Last month, the moon showing up during daytime was behind the moon. I mean, behind the sun. So kind of interesting if you
2: ever get to watch it. Well, that is interesting, and I've always been kind of fascinated by that stuff. Don't you find that amazing, that that effect on water? Because I've been raised around water all my life, and to move water 20-plus feet twice per day, there's some tremendous forces going on there, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if the bankers... If the bankers could control it, they would. There's been people that tried to rig <laughs> up energy, energy devices off of that, you know.
3: The tax on Lorraine.
2: Well, I guess they are. I don't know if the governor ever signed that up there or not, Shane, but they sure.
3: Yeah, in New Jersey, yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sorry for the people in New Jersey. I've always felt sorry for the, I've always felt sorry for the people in New Jersey. Now that I think about it, <laughs> oh Lord,
3: well, tell me a state. I'm going
2: to tell you what our country is in one hell of a mess, buddy. Oh yeah, and 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 for those of you who you, you hear these people out there where they say we're going to we want to take the country back, good luck. Cause even if you're successful, you got a mess on your hands. You got a mess on your hands. So
3: Dan, you're in the, you're in the basement. Tell us more.
2: Dan, I don't think we got a Dan with us. We got Joe. Oh, Joe,
3: Joe. I'm sorry.
2: No, Joe's our mechanic. He's He's probably out in the garage working on a car. Is that what you're doing, Joe? Well, I don't know. He might have hung up. Shows him still here. Uh, Well, the most exciting thing that's happening is that uh, that little icon shows up on my end, and now it takes all of this aggravation we've had for the last two months or a little bit more away, and that's going to be refreshing. If this thing continues to work, um, I think our problem is solved. So let's uh, cross our fingers and hope that the micro... Soft boys have gotten past this hurdle. Um, let me read this uh, as we're, because I wasn't wanting, of course, to do financial stuff yesterday, and there's some interesting things happening. I'll check on this current vitals here as soon as I read you this um, little snip that I snipped off a video today, and it was talking about what's going on in the background in the bond market, Shane. You know, we often talk about how the bond market is what's important—ten times, three to ten times bigger, probably ten, maybe plus now, to than the stock market is the bond market, and that's how they float the day-to-day runnings of the country. Hello, come on in, come on in. We're pretty informal here. Um, good lord, how can all this stuff be happening at once? Life is getting really complex, okay? The bond market, after 2008, Shane, uh, they, you know, when they started doing all the QE stuff? Well, it's affected the bond market, and by majority, the uh, treasury bond market is what they've really, uh, really pumped up. Joe, is that, Joe, could you mute your phone? Because I think a lot of that noise is, is uh, coming from you, and it's a little bit distracting for me, if it's possible. If you could mute it, and that would be gone, and I think that's what he did. Thank you, Joe. Um, what happens with these bonds, Shane? Shane, you're still with us, right, so I can have a conversation with somebody? Yeah.
3: Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. Well, this bond market, Shane, runs on a rating system you you, mm-hmm. you know that and they have different agencies remember in the big short the movie the big short when the guy went in and confronted yeah, um, the 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 bond company that was uh, rating these bonds so high on all of these tranches mm-hmm. that were all worthless not worthless but almost and uh so those rating agencies give different bonds a rating for investors uh either institutional or private to have some sort of a gauge as to the quality of the good they're buying as to the let's put it this way as to the quality of the piece of paper that you're giving other pieces of paper for got it mm-hmm. and so oh, yeah, what happens is a lot of these big institutional buyers around the world which would be insurance companies and hedge funds and. Uh, it, it, it banks and stuff like that, right? Well, they derivatives, yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, not derivatives. I'm talking about the buyers, the ultimate holders here. A derivative is something you hold. It can't be a holder. It's a holdee. So, the but these places that buy and invest in all these uh, have different criteria, and because many of them are public, they have to be real strict on their criteria of just to the quality of paper that they hold. And as they have triggers in there, Shane, is what I'm trying to get to, and they have triggers in these contracts, evidently, that when the bond, if it loses its rating and drops down below a, a triple a, an a and A and a double A and A and triple B, 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 B et cetera, okay? And when it th- crosses these thresholds, say example between A and B, they can't hold it anymore and they have to sell it. And that's what's happening. Okay? Now, all that set up for what I'm gonna read you here that I snipped out of this video, uh, maybe I'll stick it on the show description today pretty good little video on this topic and subject. They After 2008, uh, ingress, investment grade bonds, Shane, is what they call them, okay? The lowest level of investment grade debt, triple B bonds, are you ready for this? Since 2009? Yes. Has grown from $800 million You know how much 800 million is? I mean, kind of, right? A couple of hundred million less than a billion, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, it's grown since 2009 from 800 million to 2.7 trillion. So let's put this another way. It's grown... From 800 million to 2,700 million. By year end 2018, high yield debt has grown from 700 million to 1.1 trillion over the same period. So as these things, this credit gets Little tighter in the background and these bonds drop it's going to trigger all this selling there's another factor that's pretty important that's uh those numbers are staggering and i'll stick that entire presentation up on the show description on Castbox today because it's a good little 10 minute or so presentation on this it'll give you a lot more background than i'm able to okay don't know the guy that's doing it but he's Ha, does a series regularly and uh this this is a good one and important here the other thing that's happening shane april 1st. gosh you know it's hard to even believe we're in tax season it hardly even comes up uh we are in tax season uh the holy day of retribution is literally a little over a month away shane and
3: um uh, so so on you
2: Yes, the joke's on you. And uh, April first is a day of even more significance this year than normally. Shane, do you know why?
3: I'm not sure.
2: The Basel Three, don't... the Basel Three agreements, kick in on April first. Yeah. Wow, Basel three are some dictates. You know the BIS. You you hear it referred to. The BIS is called the Bank of International Settlements. That's what that stands for. It was set up in the thirties after the bankruptcy because I've got that book with Congressman Lewis T. McFadden, and he's talking about in a speech on the House floor about them setting up the BIS. I ought to go back, find that book. It's around here somewhere, and go back and find that and, and read it someday, okay? Because he's talking about what they're doing right there on the floor of the House of Representatives setting up the Bank of International Mm -hmm. Settlements. Well, what it is, Shane and audience, is a group, the highest group of these thugs that have got a piece of land over there in Switzerland that has the sovereign immunity like the Vatican and the City of London and Washington, D.C. And from that little building, it's a round building, that building they run all the world's markets and all the world's banks they run all the futures mm-hmm. markets they can they oversee all the stock markets they oversee all of the central banks and of course, then the central banks oversee the banks in their country, so it's a pretty important bunch mm-hmm. over there wouldn't you agree
3: mm-hmm. oh yeah
2: yeah i mean it's a it's yeah, a, it, it's a cesspool of plan- It's a cesspool of piranhas. Put it that way, Shane. So, what they... Yeah,
3: the uh, Swiss, is way like the inflationary uh, factors are um, tied into their uh, housing market.
2: uh, Well, well, they've got all kinds of problems over there. The whole world's got these financial problems. Although Switzerland may be one of the most stable, I guess, to some degree it will depend on um the sh- the success of that little company right down the street from you there Shane IRS oh i
3: mean apple apple
2: yeah oh. you
3: know why apple you know why um Because they make money?
2: I believe uh, the Swiss National Bank is one of the biggest holders of Apple stocks in the world. Wow. They sold off all their gold and bought into all these tech companies. That's what's helped drive all of this tech stuff all these years, and that's why they have total control of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and wow. so the BIS, however, just oversees the Swiss National Bank there, and the BIS has these dictates and these guidelines that they put out publicly, uh, and that's what this Basel Three Accords is. Now I'm going to see if I can explain why it's important to you and to all of us, and that happens April first on April 1st these the latest ba- I think they've been delayed because they re- wrote them a few years ago and there must have been some wiggle room but they're coming into full force this April 1st two weeks away basically all right mm-hmm. and so what they did Shane was they did something of monumental importance and it's caused a lot of the activity in the background that we've talked about here on the program. And that is, a bank has three tiers of assets. Okay? Tier one, tier two, and tier three. As it applies to their balance sheet, a tier one asset gets applied 100% of its value. So if they're carrying, and what are tier one assets? Bonds, cash, Etc. highly rated bonds, not B and triple B and stuff. But the higher quality assets fall into tier one, and that means for however many of them they've got, monetary-wise in there, they get to put that over into their figuring their net worth. Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The next tier doesn't have a 100%, and maybe, I'm not sure exactly, I believe it has like 75%. So if you've got something that's listed as a million dollars and it's a tier two asset, you only get to carry over $750,000 worth of value to your net worth, okay? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And then tier three, Mm -hmm. where I know it's 50%. Now, the reason what's happening April 1st is important is because gold previously has been a tier three asset for banks, which meant if they went out and bought a whole bunch of gold, let's say a billion dollars worth, they could only credit a half a billion dollars worth to their net worth, right? Mm-hmm. All that changes April 1st gold becomes a 100% tier one asset.
3: Nice. Finally.
2: Well, what that's causing, of course, is the bankers pretty well know the system's rigged from the start, and they know how bad it's deteriorating, and uh, they didn't have any incentive internally within the system to buy and hold gold, but that's changing. It has been changing. They've been aware of it, and it's about to become Rigid, which means that the banks will go out and buy a lot of gold. And that's why I don't know if any of you saw it. Of course, we didn't get to do a show yesterday. Thank you, Microsoft. I'll tell you what, I'll take the trade off for them giving me that little symbol that works where we can merge calls. I'll totally beget them all of yesterday's frustration and aggravation and cussing them because I've been cussing them, Shane. Yes, so, yes. what what has been uh, what has been happening is banks, aware of this, have been buying up gold. I'll tell you an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Back when I was at ex-wife number two, and we had V, the gorilla economist, on a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. heard and him today. Yeah. Did you? You heard V today? Well, he's sitting yeah. there telling me that banks aren't buying gold okay this is back then that's a number of years ago three four years ago but Basel, this had already been they knew it was coming it they can you know it wasn't rigid but it it was flexible they knew it was on the horizon it was going to be something that was instituted worldwide okay and I knew that I have a friend that I've known for over 20 years actually probably over 25 now who happens, we knew each other in Atlanta. He's one of the biggest gold dealers in the world. He's in the top 20 coin dealers in the world. Okay, His name's Tom Cloud. Mm-hmm. If you've ever, anybody probably don't see Tom out there too much. Occasionally, I'll see an interview with him. I ought to get him on the air here sometime, mm-hmm. but... Tom's a real fine, strong Christian guy, and he's built up a heck of a business over many decades, okay, and we just happened to be both be in Atlanta, and my good friend, who was worth a self-made multimillionaire, knew him and did his stuff through him, and that's how I met him, and we became friends, okay? And so we talk occasionally, not often these days, but we were talking more a few years ago back in that time frame and I had spoken with him about something and he was telling me, I said, hey, Tom, how you doing, you know? We don't speak in too often. Hey, how you, you been busy? He said, Roger, I have been swamped. He said, I am covered up with banks buying gold. Now, this was a couple of years ago, Okay. And it's gotten to the point now. Yeah, I don't know if anybody saw it, but Greg Hunter, USA's watchdog dot com, on Sunday did an interview with Rob Kirby. Did you happen to see that yet, Shane?
3: Um no. It was not true,
2: no. Well, it's out I'm there. I saw it I saw the headline float around the zero hedge and and silver doctors and you can go to usawatchdog.com and watch it on there. Uh Rob Kirby is one of the best active voices we've got are of these people who are dealers in the tonnage area. In other words, if you if you go, you know if you wanted to go buy like 5 500, 2,000 tons of gold, Shane, you wouldn't go down to the pawn shop on the corner or the coin, or the coin st- store. You'd go to these type of people, okay? And so the I knew we hadn't heard anything from him, and it turns out he had some kind of real serious medical uh, situation where he almost died, and he was in the hospital recently, and, and, and he's just getting out and just did this interview. Um, I would highly encourage everybody to go over there. And he's just saying, look, there just is no tonnage in the background. That's why the U.S. is going. You know, they stole a, between, I've seen two estimates, Shane, 40 tons and 50 tons of gold out of Syria just uh-huh. within the last 10 days. Syria. Yes, yeah, Syria. Did you yeah. see that story?
3: I did. I did. Okay,
2: so if you'll remember, here a few years back, they pirated about thirty tons out of the Ukraine in the middle of the night after they've yeah. done all their dirty dealings yeah. over there, and here Syria after they've had ISIS and their uh, uh, their their little proxy army over there causing all this havoc and killing all these people and stealing all this gold from the from the whole region, the U.S. gets it, flies it out in a helicopter middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they probably bought yep. a few more days, but that's all they've done is bought a few more days. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing, and <laughs> I, I, it's going to continue, it's going to get bad to worse. I think before this week comes out that we're going to see some kind of real startling economic news. Okay, And I've been kind of watching for it. I suggest that you guys do the same. Let's see if Zero Hedge has popped anything up new. By the way, did you see Zero Hedge has been now banned by Facebook? You're not close to Facebook out there, are you, Shane?
3: Oh yeah, actually uh not far. Just a bike right away.
2: Yeah, well you may want to go urinate on their yeah. hedges too for us.
3: <laughs> All right.
2: Collectively. Uh, Well, it seems, man, they they are pulling all kinds of stuff over there at Facebook, Shane. Yesterday, they banned any links to any Zero Hedge article. Now, let me say that again. Yesterday, Facebook banned putting any links to any article with Zero Hedge in it. Do you understand how concerned these people are?
3: Yeah, they're making algorithms to save their face.
2: Well, they can make all the algorithms they want from now till the cows come home, Shane, and it ain't gonna save them any Mm -hmm. face. They they they're Mm -hmm. exposed to a great many a percentage of people in the world that without the internet we wouldn't have this kind of penetration and exposure of them to this degree and it's only going to get more mm-hmm. intense and what you're seeing is knee jerk reactions from facebook where they're banning all these people like zero hedge and it's not the fact that they it's the fact that they don't like the coverage and they don't like the slant and they don't like the facts that they put real facts up there okay uh, the other one they just banned another one yesterday Shane I was reading about it I think I dumped the article out trying to close some of my tabs you know um, they banned a, a organization uh, something about Middle East Eastern where they would take all of the Middle Eastern stories and this organization had been doing it for over 10 years <laughs> okay They didn't change anything. No, hold on. No, I I think they were in the Middle East. (laughs) And they, they didn't change anything they're doing. And some of the videos that they originally struck were videos that were eight years old. They'd been up there for eight years. Okay. But they totally took the whole platform off. And what they did, these guys would accumulate Middle Eastern stories and translate them and put subtitles and stick them up there. They totally banned their platform, man. They've totally not letting any links get on from Zero Hedge. That kind of of reaction tells you how concerned they are. That's the point I want to make? Okay, because it only and they're at a point now where, as we talk about so many times, the snake is eating its tail. They push it. It gets so far that they have to overreact, and by overreacting, they expose themselves more. Not only do they expose themselves more, if there were any people there uh, 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 observing whatever the particular situation is, if those people were on the fence, it kicks them off the fence on the anti-side. So see, it's the snake that eats its tail. It happens with them in every area, every time. And so we're not gonna go in and fight them. We're gonna make a real, those of us I think that are wearing and cogent, gonna make a, a, a real definitive legal statement in the form of an affidavit as to what you're not. I'm not one of these people that you have exclusive dominion over. And you put it in one way or another, straight, simple, by itself, or with a passport application, and you get it in to your administrative folder. Uh, Last week we had, uh, remember Antonio, I believe was his name called, from New York, the guy that was on for almost an hour from uh, uh, Thomas Maddox Group. Remember him last week? I think it was on Thursday, Shane? Um, A little bit. Well, no, I, yeah, so short. I, I'm sure that you uh, you were with us that day, and um, he well, yeah, um, the story Well, what I, I was going neg- to actually was kind of uh, going to address him just on the air open here, and I'm sure he went ahead because that guy was chomping at the bit.
0: You know, mm-hmm. it's like
2: my old buddy used to say. He said it, 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 it's like a man that wants to trade cars. So one. You know, you either trade with him or you shoot him. And he was like a guy that wanted to trade cars. He wanted to get his freedom. And he was sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it, and I ain't going to take it anymore kind of attitude, right? And Are you
3: sure it's not Michael?
2: No, it, was Alf- no, it wasn't No, Michael. It was Alfonso. Michael was the Brit guy that called in last Wednesday when Paul was on. Another fella from Thomas yeah. Maddox's group. And some of that comes from Facebook because I guess he uses Facebook to communicate. Um, so uh, anyway, he called up and I we had the, he was on the air for almost the uh, entire show, if I remember correctly. And we were helping him with different situations, untying knots in his mind and, and that stuff. And the point I'm driving at is what I neglected to tell him because I believe he was under the impression that he had to have... He had to do this with a passport application. You do not have to do it with a passport application. You can send that affidavit in cold by itself. But what I neglected to tell the good gentleman was, a- Antonio, I think his name, was th- to put a nice cover letter on it. And I've thought about that a couple of times the last couple of days, and to put a nice little cover letter on it and just say, uh, please, please, Put the enclosed affidavit comma my citizenship evidence, and I'd even put that in quotation marks citizenship evidence comma permanently in my administrative file. That's all you have to do. That very simple little sentence, and put that nice cover letter on there. Remember, Shane, that honey draws more flies than vinegar. Okay, and and you want to be nice and just ask them to put it permanently and firmly. You might even put firmly in there, Shane, in your administrative file. And if you are still skeptical. You can wait about 30 days, and send in a FOIA, a Freedom of Information Act request, and request to see the contents of your administrative file and see if it's
3: in there. Mm-hmm. Yes, last week I was with Michael. I gave him. Oh, a copy that's right. Of my you guys hooked affidavit. up.
2: Yes, you did. Did you guys meet, or did you just talk?
3: Yes, we met, I gave him a copy of my affidavit, and also I gave him a fresh DS-11 passport application. Okay, good deal.
2: Good deal, Shane. Well, uh, you know, it's really refreshing to see the listeners, and occasionally I get to meet some of you, but uh, uh, but see you guys interacting and doing stuff like this, and I really appreciate that, Shane. Thank you very much. Um, before it gets away from me, man, let me tell you what I did this weekend usually weekends I want to get away. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to, uh, you know, I like to get a little bit of time away from all this stuff. And so I knew the time change was coming up. I was excited about that because now I get this extra hour. I get off a little bit earlier in the day. It kind of shifts my schedule around. I tend to, go to bed a little bit earlier at night, which is probably good for you, and get up a little earlier, which can't be all that bad for you. I did it for most of my life. But anyway, so I'm kind of puttering around, and I had forgotten that we had a one of our expat members here that would normally have lunch with us on Tuesdays. I don't know. He may be there this week. Uh, was getting married to a girl, an Ecuadorian girl that he's, been with for five years he's a real interesting guy he's from up around cleveland and i guess when he was younger his family had lived in venezuela 15 years or 20 years ago or so when it was a different country and uh, so they had a little bit of spanish exposure and then he came down here and backpacked over the whole continent for two years and looked at all these countries and uh, ended up here in ecuador and he has a hotel that he's it was already existing, he's kind of leasing it and running it out by the airport, and it's very nice, okay, it's real, real nice, and so, um, anyway, he got married to this Ecuadorian girl he's been with for five years, it's a very lovely, lovely Ecuadorian girl, and uh, so they invited a couple of us to the wedding, people that they felt closer to, and And Jack got a hold of me last week said, you know, Dom's wedding is this week and you're invited. And so I said, well, I I don't have anything else to do on Sunday. I like to see the cultures and see cultural events and stuff of these countries I'm living in and familiarize yourself with the cultures. It's real nice, you know. And so I said, well, I'll I'll come. So Sunday I got up and I went out there and... uh, Got an Uber out there, and from where I am now, it's quite an ordeal. I'm a little bit removed from more civilization, a little bit, considering where I was previously, Shane. So, so anyway. Did you pay
3: cash or Bitcoin?
2: No, I paid, I'm not paying anybody with Bitcoin. I'm holding my Bitcoin, buddy. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I'm going to pay, you know, Gresham's Law, Shane. Good money drives bad, bad money, drives good money out of circulation. I'm not spending the good money. I'm going to give him the, the worthless U.S. dollars that these bonds are all tied to that are going down. So anyway, I get out there and I get out to the wedding and I find Jack finally and he and his uh, other half are there and he's like the second bet, like a groomsman. The guy's brother was there as the best man, I guess, and Jack would have been like the head groomsman. So I find them, and um, up walks an orthodox rabbi. I'd seen him walk down the hill. You had to walk down the hill at the driveway, and I saw him walk down the long beard and all that round hat and all that stuff. I'm going, wow, I wonder what he's doing here. (laughs) Little did I know that he was marrying the two Gentiles. (laughs) So what you had uh, is this situation where Two Gentiles, one uh, obviously with a Christian background, the other with more than likely a strong Roman Catholic background who is for some reason eschewed yeah. to this Orthodox Jewish stuff. And so at her behest, they have an Orthodox rabbi from Quito come down to marry the two Gentiles. <laughs> uh,
4: Roger, did you hurt yourself rolling over and laughing?
2: Chris, it was a spectacle. I was shocked as I watched it unfold. (laughs) Now I can only imagine. (laughs) Now I got to tell you, in all fairness, he was—he was a nice guy. His name was Thomas. He spoke a little English. We spoke a bit as they were getting ready to do the wedding so he was obviously involved with you know the all of that activity and then what i did was the wedding was on a lawn a part of the grounds there and it's below the Uh, there's a swimming pool, heated swimming pool, and above it is a patio, and the ceremony was right in front of that, and so I was up on the second floor on the patio. Everybody else, the family and friends, and and there's only, I think me and Jack were the real Americans there, uh, the expat people, and so Jack was in the wedding, and so I was up there with his girlfriend on the second floor because you had a good vantage point, and... uh, I got to see the whole thing and, and I told the, Dom is the fellow's name, Dominic, and I told Dom to be sure and break the glass because they did the the wine glass breaking and all that stuff. And But it was really interesting at one part of the ceremony and it was done in Spanish too. So of course I wasn't totally on top of all that. But uh, most of it I got. But during the ceremony, there was a long row, Chris, in front of the bride and groom of flowers and before the ceremony the bride had a dress with a, about a 15 foot train maybe 20 i mean it was huge and long and so they had these two little flower girls and they were he had her walk around that flower bar three times and the funny thing that was happening was the train was so long and the little flower girls were so young that they couldn't keep up with it and it kept getting tangled but uh, it was some kind of you know I thought God there's that Jewish traditional stuff you know, oh, you got to walk around this and jump over the flame three times and, you know, break the bottle in the thing and all that stuff. But it was quite a spectacle. It was very lovely. I mean, lots of flowers and stuff. And afterwards, when they were doing all the picture taking and stuff, he came up there to where I was. And I asked him, I said, are you going to stick around? Or And he said, well, I'm going to have some wine or whatever and then, and then leave. And I think he got out of there as soon as possible because I wanted to corner him. I wanted to ask him, like, hey, what do you think about the Palestinians? Hey, is my take on Orthodox Judaism and Reform Judaism correct? And some of those things, I was really going to talk to him about that stuff, okay? And so, but he disappeared, and I never got the chance to. But how about that? Two two Gentiles married by an Orthodox Jew. <laughs>
3: um,
2: that sounds sacrilegious. <laughs> I, it, I was kind of shocked, Chris. I, don't, I, you know, and I've been around this life a bit, and I've never seen anything like that.
3: Only in Ecuador.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that, Shane. It might happen other places, but it was, it was sure different. Let me put it that way. So, Chris, are you got better reception there now, or what?
4: Starting going to get back towards town. I'm at a stoplight right now, so the motor noise has uh, ceased, the highway noise. Uh, I do have some things for you guys here. When we start the next half of the hour, I'll try to get to a quiet location, because I had some really crazy stuff going over the weekend, too, that I think you'll appreciate.
2: Boy, it was a good time-change weekend for all, was it not? <laughs> Oh, here's a big deal. Uh, Here's a headline on Zero Hedge that just popped up I didn't see. We reject a merger, and that's Deutsche Bank Supervisory Board. They're trying to, to merge Deutsche Bank and Commerce Bank over there as best they can, as quick as they can, and try and hide it up for a little bit longer. And evidently, Deutsche Bank is rejecting any offers of a merger. That's pretty big news, Shane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Merging
3: two banks together.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well we got a couple of the the Goldman thing is uh coming up but you know the Goldman thing with Malaysia over there and this 6 billion dollar fraud they pulled off in Lloyd Blankfein's office and stuff that he denied that he's been caught <laughs> caught at well they've taken the guy's under Lloyd Blankfein evidently uh a uh, the Goldman Sachs director over in that part of the world a Jew named Leisner and an uh, uh, an Oriental guy or Malaysian guy named N.G. He sounds like an element on the elemental chart to me, but I don't know how you'd say that name, N.G., but uh, N.G., the element on the elemental chart, uh, and Leisner are both banned from ever participating in banking for the rest of their lives, but they did not ban.
4: I think that N.G. is,
2: is what? Vietnamese, okay, well, okay, is that <laughs> I still think it looks like an element on the on the element chart. They're banned from banking ever again, but you notice they didn't ban the boss Lloyd Blankfein, who retired from this is why he left Goldman Sachs because of this scandal right here, so uh that just popped up over there. um, let's see what else listen if anybody wants to call in so I can test this little logo more. Uh, you're certainly welcome to. And we were going to have to do some, some hoop jumping to get this problem straightened out, Chris. And I think today this has shown me that we can do the show with this merge button and get back to the way we should be, more fluid than the battle I've been fighting for a couple of months, which will be a refreshing change. So I can, I hope it continues to work. <laughs> Hoorah. right. is right. Um, well, we're right about an hour into the program or so. Um you you feel comfortable pulling off and and uh, getting us uh into that or you want me to go over some headlines? I can go over some headlines and some
4: stories uh, here. I'm gonna do some headlines and I'll be at the post office in a minute and at that point I'll be able to share some things with you.
2: All right. Well let's see then. we will get off of the here was this is an interesting story here. This is, oh 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 somebody's calling. Thomas is gonna call so I can use my merge button.
3: Thomas.
2: Thomas. Welcome, man. Hey. I merged you right in. I didn't even have to call you back.
4: Awesome. Yeah, I heard you say something about that, so I called in to see if it worked.
2: <laughs> yeah, man, it works. Uh listen, you're gonna like this next story. You got anything? Thanks, a couple of your people been hanging around lately. Thanks.
4: Um, yeah, uh, and I believe your book ought to be flying off the shelf because everybody's telling me they're buying it. I'm posting a link all over Facebook.
2: Okay, good. Um, well, I hope you put the book uh, patch up there.
4: That. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the link I always use. Okay, the book good.
2: Patch. Good deal. Thank you very you much. You said the
4: one on Amazon. Facebook?
2: Uh-oh. No, no. No, no, so. no. Not Facebook. And, and, the book patch, Shane. Oh, yeah, book pass. Well, I'll look into that. Uh, you know, I need to follow up on that stuff. You, you, don't, you don't write books to make a lot of money, I guess, unless you're crooked and you got a deal up front, <laughs> Thomas. But thanks. We met Michael. Uh, we yeah. met um, Antonio, I believe, the guy from New York. You may not uh, even know some of these people, do oh. you? Yeah, uh, Angelo. Angelo.
4: Yeah, he, and the other one, I believe, was Micah, M-I-C-H-A.
2: Oh, I thought it was Michael, Micah. He's, he's the British fellow, right? Uh,
4: no. There was
2: no, there was a Michael oh, from the that West. Was,
4: oh, okay. okay. I know who you're talking about now, Michael. Yeah, yeah. He's, he moved over here from Great Britain, or his father was Great Britain or something like that.
2: Yeah, he called in Tuesday just as the show was ending. And I was off and the phone rang for the network line and I answered it and it was him and he had gotten the times messed up. And I said, call back tomorrow because our British counterpart over there, uh, Paul, who allows, uh, put everything together so we can do this, is on on Wednesdays and you probably know that. And uh, he'll be on tomorrow, by the way. He's got a special announcement tomorrow, something to introduce to you guys I think you're gonna be excited about. I know he is. Um. Anyway, we'll see Paul tomorrow. Get this, Thomas. You're a Texas guy. You guys are big and gu- wanting to have your guns and all that stuff. There was a meeting up in, where was this? It was in Connecticut, up there in the Northeast. And it was a gun meeting. And it was just, I guess, last last week, maybe. And they had some anti-gun folks there, you know, like they're prone to show up. And they got an anti-gunner in the meeting texting if i had a gun i'd blow away the, the head guy and and all the NRA members and they caught her i've got a picture of the text here on her phone so the, what i was going to make Mention of and point of, is you know, Jesus called these people hypocrites, and we see their hypocrisy all over the darn place continually. But how about that, Tom? An anti gunner going into a a gun meeting and texting that if she had a gun, she'd shoot them all.
4: <laughs> people are nuts. You know, these these anti gun nuts are freaking. They're psychotic. They're they're
0: they're. I don't know. They're crazy.
2: All right. But I get to use that little merge button again, have, uh, man. Any, uh, I just merged Robert in with us. It. Hey, Robert. Yeah, I hear you, Thomas. I know. We're trying to fumble through and get all this down. Robert, you there, buddy?
4: Yeah, and I'm pleased that you have got your merge merging, and you should probably pass on that nugget of information to the guy who follows you also known as Sergeant James
2: Ram. I will, uh, I'm sure he'll see it because (laughs) I think they've just made the change in the software. It wasn't there last week, and it's there now. And I'm sure that's probably what Sunday and and the confusion of yesterday was about. But there's still one other important difference is that uh, Mr. Sergeant Ram uses Apple. And Apple's Skype software is different. So it, it, hopefully it'll show up on his too and alleviate all of these problems we've been having. But that's a good good thing for today, Robert. Uh, it's worth the hassles of yesterday yeah. if it works out positively because this really puts the congruency back in the show. I think they call it continuity is the word I want. But uh, <laughs> so, do, Thomas, did you... Or, you get so many do what, Robert?
1: I was just saying, you especially, because you got so many callers. So yeah, it
4: it it uh, yeah, it would work well for you.
2: Yeah, so uh, glad to have y'all on there. You you guys want me to go through some more headlines I got saved, so I can close tabs, or you got something important we can talk about that you brought to the table? Well, okay. well, I'm quiet. well I'm hold in. on, one at a time, Chris.
4: Well, I'm kind of at a quiet point. And if somebody else got something short, let them go ahead
2: no I, I i doubt you've been sitting here waiting to get to this quiet point for an hour so let's plunge into it i know everyone's interested in not only what you got to say but your continuing situation as it unfolds Brrr, drum roll chris uh,
4: okay well so saturday night was a pretty auspicious occasion here and you know i could be quite a bit of country and western dancing and- have a certain panache and savoir-faire that I exhibit when dancing and uh, swirl and twirl the girls around the dance floor and make them look as good as I can. And, of course, I have some moves that sometimes attract the attention. And I frequently get compliments from the watchers around the room, male and female both, that, you know, we're the best dancers in the room and that they like the way we move and so on and so forth. So it's kind of encouraging to me and all those other stuff I'm going on. It's kind of like an escape mechanism for me. And there's a couple of places I go and so I go out to the big place on Saturday night, you know it was I was dancing with all the young most attractive girls. I've kind of developed a reputation as you know a moderately good dancer and they all like to dance with me because I make them look good and you know I'm not threatening or forceful I mean, you know they have the time and so and uh you know i'd get some g-forces when i'm dancing around circles or swirling on the floor so they get pretty excited about that uh so i would kind of wore myself out a little bit after a couple of hours of this high tech high energy dancing that i do and uh, i was kind of getting a little i was standing off the side and this uh, older but very attractive redhead come kind of sauntering up and I uh, asked her what she was up to, and she said, You think I was coming over here and talk to you? And I said, What well, kind of looked that way to me? She said, well, Would you dance with me? <laughs> so, so I said, Sure. Chris. Oh, go are ahead. You, are you like
2: the radio? <laughs> are you like the radio ranch's own John Travolta or something? Is that the impression we're getting here?
4: Well, uh, not exactly. Uh, these are country and western dances—two steps, and waltzes, and swings, and yeah. things like that. So, okay. and a few dances. Yeah. And cowboy cha-cha, you know, and uh, so I'm, you know, moderately noticed, and so I, I guess I could have to wear that title if you like.
0: Okay. Well, but, that's uh, a pretty good one. He do,
2: he danced some I, line dancing yeah, I, and stuff too. He did one of them country movies. Let me welcome Jim. Jim called in. I merged him right in and you guys didn't even notice. Jim hey Jim. Right. Yeah, Jimbo's here.
0: Hey, how you doing, guys? Do you
2: do you have did you see that merge button yet, buddy?
0: I'm going to check. I haven't been up to the office
1: yet, so I'm going to check when I get up there in a little bit. And well, hopefully, you know, that's the trouble is, you know, we had this problem with the Mac version. They they screwed up the Mac version before the Windows version. So I don't know if they've, I haven't seen anything to indicate they okay. fixed it yet. It would be well, just my luck they'll it, fix it after they do it, the Windows one. Let me one.
2: tell you where it is because I've been looking all over for it. We'll get right back to, to the travails of travolta chris in a second uh
0: they had (laughs) that little
2: that little thing last week that said it's got that merge thing and it's two parallel lines that come down and merge into an arrow to the right and i looked all over the software and it wasn't anywhere in the software and today it shows up when the person calls in it's got that banner where you can answer it or turn it hang it up and all that stuff it's right on that little on that same thing, so look for it today, anyway, let's get back to the travails of our of our good friend Chris, yeah, I'm going
0: to head
1: jump out here, this Just is about to get, hi.
2: hey Jim, I'm glad you're leaving yep. because this may get X-rated from here on out, so
1: <laughs> I was going to say from the sound of things it sounds like every time that uh, little merge button comes up, you're having a sexual experience, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's after the frustration, it's
2: almost like that, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys. Well, this I don't need right, to Clark. remind you. of Jimbo's hey, next. Shane. Follows us all the time. I don't Thank promote you. you enough, man, and I'm hey, sorry. Guys.
1: My fault.
0: Oh, no problem.
1: Anyway, I'm going to duck out here. You guys have a great talk. Okay,
2: thanks for letting me exercise my merge button.
1: <laughs> no problem. I'll see you.
2: <laughs> okay, now yeah, back to all the... Him. All right. So the buxom redhead... Sachets over and gets in your vicinity because she wants you to dance with her
4: yeah like the way i dance and want to dance with me so i agreed and they played a song that was amicable so we went out and danced one she said why don't you go over here and sit at our table with us and she had another female friend named joe or josephine that was with her and you know i went over and talked with him and uh you know and i was sitting there and so we were chatting, and Josephine's telling me her father was the smartest man she's ever known, and he spoke eight languages and worked for a bunch of attorneys, and they would always come to him with problems. So this was right up my alley, right?
3: Yeah, <laughs> so, man. So
4: I'm sitting there, and so later on she tells me this lady's 75 years old, but she's a very attractive 75. I was stunned when I heard how old she was. In the meantime, I have been outside before I danced with them and took particular note. You know, I'm a, I've got car DNA in my blood. My grand, my father was a race car driver. I was nearly born at a racetrack. You know, I'm a classic car devotee. I know about De Hayes and Rollses and Bugattis and Lamborghinis and all this sort of stuff. So, and I recognize them pretty well on sight and have some knowledge about these things. So, I took particular note out car. In the parking lot of this uh, dance hall where I was at, uh, it's called the Hideaway, there was a, I mean, this thing looked better than what comes off the showroom floor. Candy Apple Red 1965 Rolls Royce for Cloud. And this thing was, I, I mean, it was show ready for the big show. And it was parked out in the parking lot a few spaces down and, Later on, I'd come down and noticed it was moved right outside the door. Well, I got to thinking about this after the fact, and it wasn't until the next morning I figured out, well, this red Rolls Royce likely belonged to this red head that I was sitting there, because as I was sitting there with them and talking about some stuff, and they they were kind of enthralled with some of the knowledge I was sharing with them and found that to be unusual to have a man that had any knowledge about this sort of stuff, and uh, Josephine kind of was comparing me to her father, and and that was a very high compliment to me. And so I, I was kind of taken aback by it and pleasantly surprised. But in the meantime, the lead singer of the band called The Rifleman that's playing there on the weekend sometimes, they're pretty high, kind of a Bakersfield, Dwight Yoakam-type uh, rock and roll country band, so they're pretty good. He comes over and sits down, and apparently the Redhead and him know each other because he was conversion with her I wasn't really listening to what the deal was but he's a younger long-haired uh, rock and roll star type of guy and uh, so I'm sitting in the hoity-toities and uh, and stuff over here with this group and I never did they did ask me for my phone number but I didn't know well that was all and so finally I kind of excused myself and left that night and Chris, then the next night Chris, I oh, oh, a oh, question
2: question, question.
4: Ahead, they ask
2: you for your phone number, but you didn't know? You don't know your phone number?
4: Oh, no, no. I gave him my phone number oh, okay. all right. I haven't heard from him yet. Oh, okay. But I did share my number. Okay. Uh, and uh, the uh, friend that told me she was 75 years old, I said, well, she's a very attractive 75. She just really doesn't look 75, so, you know, that was uh, noteworthy. And so, anyway, the next night I go to a different location, and this one's called Saddles and Spurs, S&F. And S. and i am there, and I see this one really attractive woman over that I don't recognize, and another one that I do, and they're doing some line dances. So I kind of stood around a little bit, and then I danced one with a really attractive girl. And uh, while I was dancing with her, I asked her, well, who am I dancing with? And she says, Bunny. Like I should've known. I said, Bunny, I didn't even recognize you. you got makeup on and you've got such natural, beautiful, good looks, so I don't usually see makeup on you. So I was just mystified as to who you were. And she said, Yeah, somebody else the same way they didn't recognize me with the makeup on. And I said, Well that's that's stunning, you know. So do you knew it was kinda I hope, like my I bride. Inter- I'm
2: called on, Chris. I gotta interrupt before this thing gets triple X. You knew Bunny already? <laughs>
4: Well, yeah, yeah, i danced with her quite a few times at different locations around town. She's an excellent dancer and just a real pleasure and treasure to have out on the dance floor because right. it's easy to, she'll follow your leader and twirl and swirl and looks good doing it and makes me look good while I dance with her and yeah, make, I kind of make her look good. Okay, I, well,
2: good, so. man. I'm just, I'm I'm astounded at this side of you, Chris.
4: None of us have ever seen this side
3: of you well, before. Yeah.
4: I've got I've got a pretty deep toolbox, as a matter of fact, and there's a lot of I, skills I've acquired I told you. in my lifetime.
2: I told you I was gonna <laughs> I told you it was gonna get triple X rated. <laughs>
4: so, so, so so um, I danced further dance with the girl that's like the queen of line dances. There, this girl is. Uh, she's a attractive younger girl, but she is like excellent at all these different line dances. She doesn't have to think and puts special moves in them that nobody else does. and So it's really quite uh, entertaining to watch her dance. And I dance one or two with her. And, and so I'd seen this other dark-headed girl sitting up by the railing around the dance floor, and she was pretty attractive too and uh, a little bit larger in stature. But uh, So I'm standing over here by where I stand, which is back away from the dance hall, and this girl that's sitting up by the bar rail where the dance floor is at, she comes walking back right up in front of me. I'm standing up, and she steps right up close to my face, and she says, would you dance with me? (laughs) Of course, I said, naturally, it'd be a pleasure for me to dance with you. Thank you for asking me. Um, So I'm dancing with a girl, and and, she's, you know, she's very attractive. and She's dancing well, and I really appreciate it dancing with her. And I'm hearing something in her voice, and I said something to her. I said, uh, "Who's been being mean to you and treating you, mistreating you?" And. Oh, she starts crying on me, and, and she's hanging on me and doesn't want me to leave the dance floor, just wants to stand there and hug me and cry on my shoulder. And, and then she starts drinking, or she'd been drinking a little bit, but she hadn't gotten to the tipsy point when I first started dancing with her, but then she was getting where she couldn't hardly stand up, and I was being concerned that she was going to fall while I was dancing and spinning her. So I basically got her to sit down, and we sat and talked for a little while, but then she was getting drunker, so I will not be a predatory male. I do not like drunk women. I don't want to go home with drunk women. I won't want anything to do with them uh, because if I'm going to share my special time with these women, I want to make sure to remember it and appreciate what I'm doing because I'm kind of, uh, I've worked on it through my life to increase my skill pleasure raising women so that's um, an aspect of my personality you may not know anything about <laughs> well I'm, I'm somewhat in a state of shock
2: here chris um but i you know my social life's been a little down lately but with my foot and all maybe i need to come up there and hang with you a little bit
4: <laughs> well that'd be okay you come on there and i'll <laughs> take you up and show you what, do, what we do and we have a good time so uh that'd be all right okay so i'm sitting here and she's just getting drunker and drunker Uh, and so as soon as i got an opportunity i asked her how she was getting home because she was in no condition to uh to drive herself and she said she was going to get an uber i think and so i said well that's good because you're in no shape to drive and you don't need more trouble with issues in your life you know and she was telling me our husband was a monster and a psychologically abusive to her and showing me pictures of her 14, 15-year-old ROTC son. It was a real nice-looking young man. And and so, you know, it's just crazy. And then yesterday I um, I get this call from the ICE agent because I'd gone out there on Sunday when I was uh, out to uh, Henderson to the ICE hold facility to try to deliver clothes for my friend that I've been advocating for to go back to the Philippines. Yeah.
3: I don't know. Well, where. Somebody
4: <laughs>
2: so that's coming. Somebody's not on mute and is getting some feed over or something. So on Sunday you're uh, going out to ICE. Now that's the people that detain illegals. The,
4: yes, Immigration Customs Enforcement is what it's actually okay, an acronym
2: for. Right. So and you're going,
4: to government, and they deal with the immigrants.
2: And you're taking your clothes out there for your friend who you're trying to help, right?
4: So, yeah, yeah, she was getting ready to travel, and I'd had communication with her ICE enforcement agent that was also from the Philippines. I had met his office before, and then I went and met him again yesterday uh, in his office. And um, let's say he's a very moral, scrupulous ICE agent, and I highly admire that in him. And I'm going to be contacting the DOJ and Department of Health and Human Services, ICE is under, to communicate the superior performance of this particular facility and this particular agent and the jail out there which I have observed really wonderful behavior that you is exemplary that you would expect from public servants and they treat the prisoners with respect and uh, accommodation. They have pretty good food out there and they're not threatened and stuff like they are down the the county place.
2: <laughs> okay.
4: Well, so Anyway, so I – under the auspices that she's getting ready to leave soon, I went and did some female clothing shopping, and that's not exactly my specialty, so it took me a while to do that sort of stuff to get her some clothes to travel in and, you know, women dress things and so on and so forth and a bag to put it in. so I – yesterday I get a call from um, the agent down there, and he says, well, come on down, and he says, I'll get that stuff to her, but you got to bring it down here. Because uh, I tried to take it out to the Henderson facility at the ice hold facility, and um, they said it wasn't their policy. I, I had to meet date. with the. <laughs> Say again.
2: Uh, that was this feed over stuff that's coming in from somewhere, Chris. I don't know where that came from.
4: Okay. Well, anyway, so the ice agent had, was really—he's really cooperative and helpful, and appreciates my knowledge about things and that I'm advocating for. And I took all those things down there, but I'd had to meet with the ICE duty agent out of uh, the um, facility duty sergeant, uh, the officer of the day, uh, to try to get those things to her that day when I was out there Sunday. So I get the call on Monday to go down. And I took those down to him. And then after I did that, of course I had to go to the four level security access to get up to the second floor down in our new building next to 333 Las Vegas Boulevard, which is now to give the illusion that there's a separation between the uh, judiciary next door and the uh, U.S. attorneys and ICE agents and stuff that are all in that uh, facility across the street from one another. I suspect the tunnel be there anyway. But I don't know that for a fact. You know, uh, speculating on these things that we – speaking of speculations, I had gotten a uh, – last week on the 4th of February oh I had gone –
2: I don't know do where it's again. coming from because it's gone feet to. over some it's bleeding over, I think. And I don't no know. No problem. Yeah. No okay. problem at
4: all. So anyway, I had gone to get another uh, uh, competency so called assessment. Of course the word term competency is boy doctor Boyd for bags, because it's a moving what they call a standard of course those are oxymoronic terms a standard is fixed moving and standard are polar opposite words they don't agree with each other therefore that's an oxymoronic term a moving standard and so uh i had gone in and i'd gone one place and there were a number of people of color there not that that made me any issue but they didn't want to deal with me so i went down i see this nice looking building it's the
2: Oh yeah, hold on, ho ho. So you you experienced some reverse discrimination? Are you telling us?
4: Well, they weren't happy to see a white guy in there. Was kind of the impression I got, or didn't trust me, perhaps. Uh, what well, could have been another view they had about it, and were suspicious of me, so they didn't want anything to do with me. So I went down. I'd seen another one down the street, so I went down to this one. And it was the Behavioral Health Institute. Uh, and it was a pretty uh, opulent building, and I thought, well, I'll just pull in there and see. You know, I'm just blind. I don't, haven't done any research. I'm just blind looking for a place to give me a fair, neutral, unbiased assessment that I can use in court as evidence to my competency uh, to aver my adversaries and enemies uh, trying to color me in the worst possible light. And to character assassinate me with ad hominem attacks to slander and libel my character without any support or basis other than their political agendas of trying to prevent me from being able to put evidence in and defend myself of zealously in my case.
2: Okay, so you're trying to get this well, document. Okay. Can I give you a suggestion or at least ask a question? Um, who, was sure. our, who, was sure. our, who was our great old law teacher that died? Um, Oh, oh, the guy, yeah, oh, I can't think of his name right off the bat. The one that um, went out, and and you may want to do this, Chris, seriously now, is call some psychiatrists in your area and go get a sanity test.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you go get one officiated and documented, seal signed, delivered from them, and you'll put a stop to all that crap. It may cost you a little bit.
0: What?
4: That's, ex- that's exactly what I was attempting to do, is to get my own, select my own, instead of using one of the King's agents to assess me, which may have conflict and bias and uh, adverse interest to mine, so I thought I'd seek out my own. However, what has been clear to me from this particular little... George estimate, Gordon. I've been George ed- Gordon. George Gordon, the Rommel school.
2: George. No. You know, he, his was different. He, he wasn't with Rommel. He had his own. But anyway, that's who the the guy was. And what happened with him is he did that preemptive strike and went out and paid a psychiatrist to do that. And he got up in some. they took him to court and they were saying how crazy he is. And he pulls it out in open court and says, I'll have you know, Your Honor, I'm the only certifiably sane person in this courtroom.
4: Well, and and that's a very good point, and that's kind of the tactic I've done is uh, self-authenticating my own competency as opposed to letting my adversaries try to label me as incompetent without any basis, and doing a proactive defense mechanism in my own interest. And I that's what I was doing in Arizona yesterday, and traveled back this morning. I had gone to a really nice facility down there. I'd met a couple of good people on the path, and I got a call back this morning while I was traveling. From the other place, Marion, which was a very astute office manager for this doctor. Harmon down there, but this guy is wearing three different hats and spreading himself thin, so getting time to see him has been nary on impossible, but she took a shine to me and liked the way I things from what it seemed, and seemed to closely identify with what I was describing, knowing how. They victimize people in these courts by trying to color them as incompetent to take them out of action, to psychochemical lobotomize them or murder them while they're under their version of so-called care. And this is what I've been exposed to before, as you recall, in my previous unlawful arrest, unlawful incarceration when they – Violently attacked me twice by gangs of six people and forcibly injected me with bioterrorism weapon when I was up in Lakes Crossing Center in Sparks, Nevada, under the state of Nevada's so called version of care. <laughs> I think more like the celebration of care in my uh, perspective. Right, is
2: right. Like. where they sacrifice you. <laughs>
4: well, <laughs> yeah, you know, pretty much. They were planning <laughs> on sacrificing me, but thanks. Uh, uh, proactive friends of like minds calling in and three weighing in uh... uh dave in the thumb and others that 3 weighed me in to call where, for you and where has other he stations been stations and
2: we hadn't heard from dave in the thumb since old blues a pup where's he been
4: well he's still pretty active up there you know he's a uh, kind of visually impaired
2: yes I know. and
4: has a difficult time he's a he's a health guy a naturopath and has some good products himself and and he was just marvelous in three-waying people in and giving us the ability to have others report on the same calls I was on and giving a live in custody or care review of the effects of suicidal psychotropic drugs that they give to these people. What they call them meds, uh, claiming they're mediaciding. Uh, these people and they're really uh, making them drugged up zombies and doing the zombie walk around in circles 24 7 365 and these so-called psychiatric care facilities class 3 high-security prisons
2: one flew over the cuckoo's nest man the pro pro what do they call that the uh, what's that one drug those black black ones that are real heavy depressants it starts with a P prozone
0: oh Thor, no, well, no, I'm not, no, no, I'm thinking,
2: back. no, I'm thinking of th- Thorazine, not, not a P, a T, the Thorazine, which oh, yeah, thora- used to, now, th- 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 they call it when you're in there in the, in those, in those, uh, institutions, the Thorazine shuffle, because you just drag your feet everywhere, you don't walk,
4: well, in fact, Thorazine's what they used to give them back in the 60s to bring you down from serious, dangerous acid trips, yeah, uh, by uh, surgic acid diethalamide by Sandoz Labs and uh, Tim Osman and some of those people over in the California CIA networks that were yeah. distributing up things and growing that bread mold is how they supposedly discovered it.
3: Yeah.
2: Yep. Well, it's a wacky well, world I we live in. So,
4: mean, uh,
2: I didn't mean to distract you from your story. Okay. So you're down there. You found somebody that is amenable and likes you. She may have seen you dancing somewhere, and uh, and she's going to work well, with you.
4: I don't know called she's dancing yet. She is a meme. of. I haven't even met this woman. I've talked to her on the phone a couple of times. I was doing phone calls to try to find. And it's amazing uh, with the false belief in psychology, psychiatry, and mental health, which is all subjective and interpretive, arbitrary and capricious, uh, they seem to be full up because these courts – have a financial interest in having people sent there because they get extra money, I guess, when they can have them declared to be mentally incompetent because then they can access their estates and their sesta Kibi Trust and uh, drain all that money out of these resources to fuel their decreasing economies and Make up for the shortfalls and the budgets because they've stole all the money from the people, so they can cry poor mouth hidden away in the way of those CAFR accounts and the double booking system, so they can cry poor mouth to the taxpayers and squeeze some more money out of them to fix the things they should have been fixing all along, except for they stole the money
2: and they don't want to give it back it's uh <laughs> it's a pretty rotten situation, isn't it two chew. I would love to find out where that feed over is coming from. Robert, you still with us? You just uh, listening in the background or what? I'm here. Okay, there's Robert. I'm here, All right. Okay. And uh you're our, and we got Thomas with us and Chris and Shane. Is that the round table we got today? I guess so.
4: Seems yeah. to be.
2: Yep, it looks like everybody's there. Thomas There's probably uh, Thomas probably got a customer or something, so if you're busy you don't have to answer. I can see you up there. Um, we got about you got some more I'm left. Here. You still okay, what? there you are. You got some more left in your story, Chris.
4: Well, uh while I was uh taking care of that broken hearted female that was dark headed there at the dance hall on Sunday night. I did notice that Bunny and her friend and some other women around the place and the bartenders and stuff were paying particular attention to how I was consoling this female. And they were wondering if I was going to take this drunk female home and take her advantage of her, I think, was what they were speculating. But they seriously misjudged me like a lot of people have a propensity to do, and I would never do that sort of thing. I, I just... Well, Taking advantage of somebody's immediate inebriated or drunken state is not something that's in my DNA. I just won't do there, it. There and, is, you know, you know
2: there, it, it, there is no gratification or satisfaction in an event like that.
4: Yeah, a sloppy drunk is no fun to have sex with. <laughs> I can assure you from years ago. Oh no,
2: just even be around. I just don't even like being around drunks.
4: No, exactly. <laughs> Oh yeah, and they get to smelling bad from all the alcohol in their breath and stuff, and you know. But she wanted me to dance with her and tell her she looked beautiful and show her off and make her look good, and so I did the best I could for her until she got so drunk and was still working on the third, third or fourth one while I was sitting there. And the waitress had brought me over a nice big tall ice water, a desert cocktail as we like to call it out here. And uh, she said, "What are you drinking?" I said, "Water." (laughs) <laughs> so, so she was kind of stunned to hear that and she did cross-examine me to see if I remembered her name and I did, fortunately and and so she knew I wasn't uh, just interested in taking advantage of a drunken female and I actually knew but I did kind of almost run out of the place and I didn't notice what the people were looking at but I'm sure those other gals that are watching were wondering why I was running out away from this drunken female that looked like an easy mark
2: <laughs> Chris, I would bring, you know, just to bring our whole general concept from the Renaissance kind of aspect of this to this story, you, you you reek of chivalry.
4: Well, I am a chivalrous guy. I am a southern gentleman. I am a very kind, considerate, accommodating male. I do take care of trying to assist people free pro bono with their legal problems on a perpetual basis. I court watch i like i say i was down there i thought i was going down as a defense witness when the uh, district attorney uh, just a few weeks ago subpoenaed me before the grand jury commanded me to appear to test i thought i was testifying as a defense witness but i found out there wasn't any so that was kind of shocking to me speaking of shocking to me i had got that letter from that uh, behavioral health institute and i I was so shocked and horrified at the way this so-called psychiatrist or psychiatrist had mistwisted the things that I told her. I explicitly told her in certain words, and she put down polar opposite terms trying to twist the circumstances. It's, it's my contention that there is a deep state network that is private that they go on and if they can search somebody out, and if they're in the database— they can read what's in there about it. And, of course, if you got lies and untruths in there, then they pile on. This woman had confessed that she was biased and she had been affiliated with the uh, Los Angeles area court systems and uh, the prison system and done a lot of work over there with the psychiatric uh, treatment of people. So she apparently had a prosecutorial state of mind and a skewed view of reality and was trying to fit me into her mold of what she had previously done so I'm doing a oppositional affidavit into what she was inserting as false facts in her own version of facts as opposed to what really happened. I'm going to put in a complaint to the Psychiatric uh, Professional Responsibility Board here in the state and indict her for failure to provide honest services because they charged me for $170 for that flipping assessment, and it was an axe murder job by the uh, psychiatrist on myself and so I'm pretty. Yeah, this was. Uh, I, I was so.
2: Hold on, Chris. I want to welcome. We got a new caller. Go I got a new caller sitting there. I'm going to get to in just a second. But I want to clarify. I want to clarify this. What you just told us. They made you go to have a psychiatric evaluation. That they made you pay hundred and seventy dollars for. That was stacked against you.
4: Well, that's not exactly right. They were going to force me to go to one of their agents to do that, and instead of, I just blindly walked into this place and found this axe murderer poses a really nice, oh. helpful psychiatrist. <laughs> and she's the she's the one that's
2: she's the one that slit your throat. Figured.
4: Yes, you. that's 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 it. Okay. I must have walked into the wrong place.
2: Yes, you did. There's a
4: beautiful 1957 Cadillac Coupe de ville. Uh, going down the street. Wait, you,
2: okay, okay. <laughs> I know you're easily distracted. Let me get to our new caller here because it's somebody I don't know. Area nine five nine five four. Hello, area nine five
0: four.
1: Yes, sir. Hi, Yes,
2: sir. How you doing?
1: How you doing? How you doing, Roger? Good.
2: Who am I speaking
1: with? Fine. This is Rod hey. Sanchez. Hey, a ro- friend of Thomas's.
2: Oh, Rod. Okay. Hi. Is it? Did you say Rod or Russ? Yes, Russ, yes, Rod. Russ, okay, <laughs> oh, Rod, okay, <laughs> now, well, now, I'm thoroughly confused, but nice to meet you, Rod, welcome on board, uh, nice to have you, did you have a question or a comment?
1: Yeah, uh, not as interesting as what I was just listening to from Chris, but uh, hopefully I won't ruin your show. Well,
2: you know, listen for anybody, anybody that's interested. Chris does uh, evidently would consider giving dance lessons if you're in Vegas. Go ahead, Rod.
0: <laughs> Mostly the theme Uh
1: Yeah, I, I would imagine. Um, well, here's the thing. Uh, I am, uh, I'm a naturalized. U.S. citizen. Good. I was born in Cuba. Good. um, And I just recently (laughs) stumbled into all this state citizen stuff. Correct. Um, Just uh, I downloaded your book. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, Uh, but I did go and listen to uh, ten classes in the 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 med school. So uh, you know, um, Joseph's uh, teaching. Okay. Uh, so, I, 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 I mean, I got a little bit of information, but I, I'm, at this point, I'm, I have more questions than answers. Okay. Uh, um,
2: let me, look, can I, give Roger, you a,
1: I, I, Rod, can I
2: give you a suggestion? Go to YouTube. Yeah. And go in and search the science of law. And it's a show I did years ago that somebody put up on YouTube unbeknownst to me. And I've had a lot of people comment on how much that helped them. And honestly, that information is not in the book spelled out per se. It'll be in the next one. Hello, it'll be in the next one if I ever write another one. But that information is real vital, especially for you at this stage of your
1: progress. Okay, I do have a deadline of sorts, okay. uh, because I think one of the main motivations for me to look into this is the fact that uh, I, I live in Florida, and uh, my driver's license is up for renewal April of next year. Okay April well... 2020.
2: That's not going to be any kind of a real consideration because that's not going to affect you having to go in and say you're a resident to get a driver's license because you can't get a state-issued driver's license if you don't tell them you're a resident.
1: Right. No. Well, my well, my concern is that I'm not going. I'm going to not do. I'm not going to have enough time to do what I need to do before then. Yeah, you will. You well,
4: will. there might be places where you can get some help doing what you do. I happened to have been privileged last night to be on a call uh, from the American Assembly of Nation States with Anna von Uh and, you know, that was an intriguing call. That was their maiden uh, set-off call where they uh, came out and had this telephonic meeting with, uh, uh, it was one of the, I think it was Zoom is what they were on. So it's kind of like a YouTube, but, but it was a live feed. And the word term resident is a technical word. And I would point out in, in law, the word, the letters R-E-S, race, means a thing, identified, ID. As a fictitious entity, so a resident is a dead corporate fictitious entity, and your all caps name is your corporate trade nom de guerre name for war that create against uh-huh. us, but that or not.
2: Well, I wish you could get that corporate overriding okay. concept out of there because I don't really think that's appropriate. But whatever, that's my own take on this secret you know where i think virtually everybody's missing the boat is they don't understand it's the feudal era that's been brought in underneath the 14th amendment and they want to take all this traditional legal stuff and apply it and it doesn't apply because they're not touching the underlying concept remember we're dealing with people that go through and and do the things that are contained in that video europa these are the kind of people we're dealing with we ain't De- dealing with people that play by the rules. They shift the rules. That's what the Pharisees Psychopath. did. They're psychopaths, but they shift the rules. It's exactly what the Pharisees were doing in Jesus' time. It's just no different. They changed the goalpost.
4: I agree. Well, with corporatocracy or oligarchies where they create a corporate state, they can have more effectual rule over their but, property, but, their but, slaves, but,
2: than the property, the slave, corporate rule. But, Chris. Corporations are an entity. Property is not an entity. Yes. You're property. You're not a corporation.
4: Well, there might be some aspects of that that I don't dispute, although they seem to like to pretend that you're a lost-at-sea vessel or abandoned or entity
2: I think they act like they own you, like you're a piece of property.
4: Yes, that's what the resident is. That's what the individual is. And, and in fact, he was for the correct term. And I describe myself as Oklahoma State American non citizen U.S. national. Non citizen U.S. national, the exact verbage, word phraseology they use on the DSM 11.
2: Well, see. I think we want to use their terms. They have a la- they have built and constructed a very elaborate deceptive system that revolves around those words. I mean, it, it, the ability for them to do all these things to us is revolves around their definitions. They're imputing into these words that have been hidden. Correct.
0: now
2: now that we know the definitions and what they're doing the key to it is to use those terms
4: I agree and that's exactly the term I just used is their terms, the non-citizen U.S. national, that's the old non-resident alien and that's the old capital C state so-called citizen although I'm still very much in a quandary I think that the founders actually knew the real origination of the etymology of the word term citizen, which is a diminished capacity of a subject served or a slave of gotcha. the city because it comes from city denizen from the ancient just civilis, the city law of Rome, Justinian's Code.
2: And I think you're correct, and I believe that's why they capitalized it, because you don't see it capitalized anywhere else.
4: Except on the death certificate.
2: Could be. I haven't looked at that, thank goodness um or at the as the first first word in a sentence but they did distinctly capitalized those words and they may have known that but you got to remember when they formed the country it was kind of a new undertaking in a sense there'd only been one previous example to that and it was pre-rome in the t- first 200 years of rome
4: plato's republic
2: yeah, and Rod, for people like Rod that are on the call here, Rod being a Cuban, you didn't—I didn't ask you whereabouts in Florida. Are you in South Florida?
1: Unfortunately.
2: Okay. Well, I'm from—I'm <laughs> from—I'm pa- from Panama City originally. There
1: be another question for me. Okay. Well, I—I was going to tell you I'm from but Panama. Yes, I—I I saw the uh, the affidavit in your in your book. I did skim through the book. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, i, I don't. Want to stay? I, I talked to Thomas about this. I asked him because I, I don't want to stay in Florida. I don't think I want to stay here anyway. Uh, but uh, it, he said it wouldn't really matter where I became a state citizen. It, do, so it doesn't.
2: It doesn't make any difference. But here's what does is pretty important. I would think that you may not know, and the reason you're going to go through all this is because this is this status that you're hoping to achieve, and I believe you will. Fairly easily, there's only been two countries in the entire history of the planet that have ever had God-given rights. That's why it's important.
1: Yeah, we had a big dropout on the line I so Okay, I, mean, I, I couldn't, couldn't hear. All right, well, let
2: it, me so. let me repeat it then, because it's worth repeating. I'm sorry for the dropout. There's only been two countries in the entire history of the world that have ever had access to God-given rights, the first 200 years of Rome and the first 200 years of our country. Oh, oh. Okay, so it's pretty is- special. It's pretty special stuff that we're dealing with and talking about here. But I wanted to make that <coughs> point to you especially. How long have you been in the States, Rod?
1: Oh gosh. Uh I mean I was born there but in Cuba, but uh I came here when I was six years old, so okay. I've been here for a long time. Okay,
2: you live yeah. in South Florida the whole time?
1: Um uh, Yeah, I am six I'm gonna be sixty four.
2: Oh oh Lord a mercy. So, Lord you don't sound well, you sound like a young pup, first of all, so congratulations. Um you well know, listen, so, we'll help is you. Is this show archived? Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Uh you know, that's, that's kind of a shame. No, it is. Yeah, well, It's kind of a shame that it's archived. Hell, we thought it finally we'd hit a threshold. Yeah.
1: <laughs> See how dialectics work, Robert? I don't, I, don't, I don't really want to talk about my age that much. It's not good for my business.
2: Okay, man, well, we won't press you. Business? We won't press you, except Robert wants to know now what's your business. <laughs> We'll help you get through yeah, this, Rod. Uh, listen, business. oh, you are. I was in the music business, too, my career, main career. We'll talk about that on the side sometime. Although Robert, right. well, he loves the music business, so he's probably going to start asking you questions now. But we're glad to have you, Rod. Oh, and if you, uh, if you got any... <laughs> As you get a little deeper into this, we'll be right here for you, man. And we got people in South well, Florida, too. We're we're got, I got, we got people. We got people in South Florida, and here's one of them. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Meet meet Rod.
0: Hola, como esta?
2: Yeah. That's as far
0: as I go on Spanish. Ooh.
2: Bien, bien. <laughs> <Hola>. Hello,
0: Rod. <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard South Florida. I figured I better jump hey, in there. Maybe yeah. close enough. Yeah. 954, I, I assume you're over there in the Southwest <laughs> somewhere. Yeah,
2: I've got two good listeners, students down there. Rod, this is one of them, and our other guy's named Gary. And uh, they're Bob, especially. is pretty, pretty fluid with what we're doing here. Wow, and Terrence also. Oh, Terrence, I forgot uh, about Terrence. God, did you, God, you find out
1: about all all this?
2: When did you find out about all this, Bob? Uh,
1: I was just wondering when Bob found out all, all about this, because I just stumbled, stumbled into it recently.
0: Oh, it hasn't. it isn't like a stumbling, it's more like a process, you know. It's I'd have to say 20-some years ago, oh gosh, wow. more than that. When the Murrow building went down, I got really confused about a lot of things. Ruby Ridge, all that, started looking, and it's just been an evolution over time. But it's really accelerated here in the last three to five years. And uh, the whole state citizen thing came to light. Uh, listening to Roger's show here in the last probably four years or so. I don't know how long's it been since you've been on ex-wife number two. The microphone
2: about four or five years, something in the, probably four, something like that. I guess.
0: Yeah, because I listened <laughs> to you for a year on that. So and,
2: uh, and never yeah. called in. Not once. Me. Not once did he ever call in.
1: So where are you at,
0: Roger? <laughs> what town?
1: Uh, the post office, thanks. I'm in Hollywood, uh, and uh, the community I live in is Miramar's. So I'm okay. kind of on okay. the edge.
0: Well, okay. um, well, I'm up in Okeechobee. We're not that far away. I'll There's tell you no. what,
2: Rod, what you need to do is drop me an email at Radio Ranch, one word, Radio Ranch at mail, M-A-I-L dot com, and I'll hook you up with these guys, Okay.
1: Did Radio Ranch at Mail.com.
2: Yeah. Drop me one. I'll put you in touch with these guys, and uh, they'll be happy to give you any help they can.
4: Very much. Very by much.
2: Yes, you may. Was that Robert?
0: Yeah. Rod, uh, I'll have you know that Roger Sales is so famous and so high up oh, in music business, or once was. He got close to the equal.
4: Oh Roger,
2: I was yeah hell really? I, I almost got within fist yeah. r- fist Roger range. I was in within fist range of <laughs> one of them. <laughs>
0: now that's a story for enough time. It <laughs> is, it is.
2: Uh, it, I think it was Glenn <laughs> Fry. Glenn Fry, I was working with the warm-up band, and there was a whole bunch of background I don't have time to get into, and he took it all out on me and wanted to beat my ass in the middle of this party. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: wow. <laughs> and it was not in Hotel California either.
2: No, it you was in watch Hotel watch Birmingham. <laughs> it was Hotel Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the, you know, Birmingham, you can get in, but you can't get out, you know.
1: The <laughs> and you, I'm gonna
2: go, go ahead, Rob. We got noises coming in here that I don't know where they're coming from that we don't usually have. And I don't know if it's this new system or what we'll learn as we go forward. What was your question, Rod? Did you have one? Are we are we still hooked up? Is anybody there? What's going on?
4: I, I, I read you.
0: You're a little garbled. Uh, okay. That's probably internet related, but I, I read you, Roger.
2: It could be. You know, I also got a wire, so I'm wired now with this portable. I don't know if it does much difference. Rod, oh, cool. did you have a question? Is Rod still with us? He appears to be. Okay. Well, oh, as we come to the the close of this program, getting kind of close to the end here, let me re-promote that Paul's going to be with us tomorrow. And he's got a pretty exciting announcement. I think y'all are going to be pretty excited about it. I've known about it for about a month and a half, but it's come to uh, accumulation and he's able to talk about it and we'll give y'all access to it tomorrow. So you're going to get something free tomorrow, Robert.
4: I think I might know what it is. Is, does that have
2: anything y'all, to do with... Um, I, ain't, um, I ain't saying nothing. I'm letting Paul talk about it. So, but he's been working on uh, something for about uh, well, the last couple of months. It's pretty exciting, and I think y'all are going to find it real interesting.
4: Okay, it could be something else, Then I just,
0: well, okay, I'll just wait. <laughs> and we're just, you know, I'm just so
2: fortunate that, to have this whole platform and the way it's come about and the struggles we've worked through for the last what year and a half almost or something and the group's starting to grow and 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 we're getting past some of the technical problems i think and uh, i'm settled into a pretty nice place i think i'm gonna be at for a while and not moving every six months and all that like i have been and uh So I think we got a nice future. Things are starting to fall apart. We've got big answers. We got answers that people are looking for. They just like Rod didn't know we were here and there's gonna be more people having that epiphany. Rod, by the way, the awakening is when you wake up. From here on out, just like Bob was saying, it's a process, man. And I don't care if you're in your 60s or what, we're probably all gonna go through it the rest of our lives, quite honestly. So there's our whistler end of the show. Yep. Thanks. We got the new merge button working. I appreciate y'all that allowed me to utilize it and test it. Thomas and Rod, the new guy. Uh, of course, Chris, our dancing fugitive. And uh, Shane and Joe <laughs> Joe from Ohio. Yes. hell, just everybody that participated. Thank you. And Chris, we're going to hear more of your exploits later, okay?
4: Here yeah, we got a <laughs>
2: we got a pretty neat little deal going here. I got to admit it. I'll see y'all tomorrow with Paul. Have a great day. Now there's okay. Somebody's calling in, but I'll see y'all tomorrow. Bye for now. Ciao, ciao. <laughs>